listening to the U Urban Bible Study Weekly Leaders Training Podcast. The U curriculum is especially created by and for urban and multi-ethnic churches. This podcast is designed to help leaders lead a Bible study using LifeWay's U Urban Bible Study resources. Each week, we examine a biblical passage, review some questions teachers may face, and give a practical teaching tip. I'm Dr. Mark Croston, General Editor for the U Bible Study, and today joining me is Dr. Christina Zimmerman, our Content Editor. Hello, Christina. Hello, Mark. It's good to be with you. But sad in, in one way that we're ending this wonderful study on putting fear in its place. And this last session, session six, is joy in the place of fear. What a wonderful way to end this study. And you know, despite the best efforts of medicine, science, and technology, we know that the world is not becoming a better place. As long as sin and self rule in this world, it will only get worse. We can fear what the future might mean, but we can rest confident in this. This sin-filled world does not have the final say. And that's what we're looking at today. For those who trust in Christ, an eternal kingdom awaits that is free of the things that tempt us to fear. This is coming from the book of Zephaniah, and this is chapter 3, verses 9 through 20. All right, so our point is fear will be a thing of the past in God's eternal kingdom. A thing of the past in God's eternal kingdom. So why shouldn't we fear eternity? Here's the first thing. God conquers fear. God conquers fear. So here we are in uh, the book of Zephaniah and chapter 3. And so let us read these first verses, starting at verse number 9 and down to verse number 13. For I will then restore pure speech to the people's so that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him with a single purpose. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my supplicants, my dispersed people will bring me an offering, will bring an offering to me. On that day, you will not be put to shame because of everything you have done in rebelling against me. For then I will remove from among you your jubilant, arrogant people, and you will never again be haughty on my holy mountain. I will leave a meek and humble people among you, and they will take refuge in the name of the Lord. The remnant of Israel will no longer do wrong or tell lies. A deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouths. They will pasture and lie down with nothing to make them afraid. All right, so here it is. Here it is. God will conquer fear. 
And so you'll want to take some time and read uh, all of the background issues that go along with this particular text and uh, why these things are happening and, and this pronouncement um, so that you have a uh, you know, thorough understanding of what's happening here. But uh, the people have been through uh, some difficult times. And, so, and I would just say sometimes it takes some difficult times for us to get some things right. How about that, right? And he and he's talks here about restoration for the people, and uh, and so uh, in the midst of this restoration, you can see that God is fixing some things up. Right uh, on that day, you will not be uh, put to shame because of everything you have done in rebelling against me. He said, "I will remove from among you your." Uh, jubilant, arrogant people, right? So, so in the midst of this restoration that God is doing, God is straightening some things out in the lives of the people, right? And uh, so uh, he is straightening them out, helping them to see uh, and live, uh, truly live for him uh, and with him, and ultimately, he says, when we get things right, in the end of uh, verse number 13, there'll be nothing to make them afraid. What do you think? What are you seeing here, Christina? That's right, Mark. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And I like that you uh, advised us to look back at the background because that's, that's significant. You know, God has had to punish and judge Israel for their disobedience. So at this point, they were fearful. But then God's heart, you know, God loves us. He loved them. And God began to restore them. And he began to help them to overcome their fear because he wanted them to know that there was nothing to be afraid of. And definitely they did not need to fear God. So God unified them. You know, he made them speak a language that everyone understood. And so they could, they could, <clears throat> excuse me, they could worship God with one voice and with one language. And this is the reverse of what happened in Genesis 11, when the, you know, when the confusion of the lang languages were made and he scattered the people. So he's bringing them back together and he's unifying them. And that's what he wants to do with us. And that's what will happen. And then God removes the proud people and he leaves the meek and humble. God is, he's opposed to the proud, to pride. Remember that in, in Proverbs, God opposes the proud and, and he is wanting to uh, to bless those who are meek and humble, both physically and spiritually. They will be rewarded because of their trust in God. Those three words we've continued to echo all through these lessons. When you are afraid, trust in God, no matter what you're going through. So God has a reward for you when you trust in him. So self-reliance and arrogance has no place among God's people or in his kingdom, trust in God. 
because God will help you to conquer that fear. Yes. And so let's move on to the second one. God conquers fear. But the second is God replaces fear with joy. He replaces fear with joy. And so that's great. So verses 14 through 17. Sing for joy, daughter of Zion. Shout loudly, Israel. Be glad and celebrate with all your heart, daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has removed your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The King of Israel, the Lord, is among you. You need no longer fear harm. On that day, it will be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands grow weak. The Lord, your God, is among you a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will be quiet in his love. He will delight in you with singing. So after all of this hard time, and after all of this purging, as the people are coming back, he said, man, sing. Don't, don't get depressed. Don't get down. Um, don't, don't, don't cower in fear. Sing. Sing for joy. Sing for joy. Um, there's, what is that old uh, uh, song that's in an old uh, play, uh, old movies, and it says, whenever... I feel afraid, I hold my head erect and whistle a happy tune, and no one will suspect I'm afraid. Come on. While shivering in my shoes, I strike a careless pose and whistle a happy tune, and no one ever knows I'm afraid. And so and then it goes on and on. But this is this is the idea. Singing will encourage your heart. It will encourage the hearts of those around you, and it will uh, trick the devil. Come on, because he won't know whether there's fear inside of you. Come on now. And so uh, so he says, sing for joy. Uh, shout loudly. Be glad and celebrate in your heart. The Lord, uh, What God has already done he has removed your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. Come on. And so there it is. Uh, you know, sometimes we just got to uh, get things going on the inside of us so to show up on the outside, right? So uh, I forget who this was, but um, he used to say, he used to be uh, one of the Sunday school uh, trainers years ago. And he would say, uh, if you want to be enthusiastic, you got to act enthusiastic. Come on. What, what is he saying? He's saying you got to start doing some stuff sometimes to generate the feeling that ought to go with it. And so sing, uh, shout, be glad. Come on, because God has already done some great thing in your life. Don't just don't get stuck in your rut. Don't get stuck in that sullen place. Uh, but let joy take the place of fear. What are you thinking, Christina? God is demonstrating 
his love and care for us. You know, and that's amazing. One of the things, too, that is mighty, mighty powerful here is that God is singing. God is singing over us. And we don't often think of God as singing, but he does. And he sings over his people. This is how much joy and delight we give God when we obey him. And when we are trusting him, he breaks into song. So, you know, we can overcome this, this fear that, that we have and God will replace it with joy. And, you know, the tender love and care that God has for us makes us respond in, in two ways. First, we won't fear. If the mighty one loves us, and delights in us this way, then what should, why should we be afraid? And then second, we should not let our hands be weak. So, you know, what this means is that knowing this mighty Lord of love is for us, we want to be for him as well. And with all our energy, we want to continue to serve him. So God is amazingly loving us and taking care of us. And he has a plan to replace that fear with joy. All right. So we know God conquers fear. God replaces fear with joy. And here's our third point. God restores what fear had taken. And so let's read these last verses in Zephaniah 3, verses 18 through 20. I will gather those who have been driven from the appointed festivals. They will be a tribute from you and a reproach on her. Yes, at that time, I will deal with all who oppress you. I will save the lame and gather the outcast. I will make those who are disgraced throughout the earth receive praise and fame. At that time, I will bring you back. Yes, at that time, I will gather you. I will give you fame and praise among all the peoples on of the earth, and I will restore your fortunes before your eyes. The Lord has spoken. And so there it is. There it is. Uh, what, a, what a powerful way to end this study and this unit uh, on, on fear. God restores what fear had taken. And so what is it that fear has taken from your life? Come on. We have seen things in this study alone, that the people were in the midst of a reproach, uh, and God fixed some things up in their lives through the difficult times, uh, that God encouraged them to restore their spirits by singing joy, singing uh, songs with joy and shouting loudly. But now God says, not only that, I don't want to just restore your place and your spirit. I'm going to restore your stuff. Come on. 
and so he says, I will gather those. Uh, and and then he talks about all the things he will restore that fear had taken away from them. And so what a great word that is to uh, uh, remind us of. Uh, so uh, I can remember my mom telling me, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And so that's what we get to see here, that God is going to make sure we get a great finish at the end. That's what the Bible tells us in the book of Revelation, right? It's going to be a great finish. That's what we learn in the book of Job. In chapter one, he lost everything. But then uh, over uh, for 20 chapters, he's struggling. But when we get to the end, God gives him double for his trouble. And so the, here's a, and so this is consistent with what we have seen God do at other times and other places throughout the holy text that God restores us uh, and and then reaffirms us. Even in the book of Malachi, in the end of the Old Testament, he says, "They shall be mine," saith the Lord, "When I come to gather my jewels, they shall be mine." And so. Hold on, hold out, don't give up, don't throw up your hands, don't be depressed, press through, and don't be scared, because God will restore at the end. What, Christina, what are you thinking? You know, Mark, you're talking about the, the doom that was the message at the beginning of this book. And now at the very end, we see the hope. Uh, there's a new day. You know, God is going to bless his people. And this is a message that Zephaniah gave the Israelites, but this is also a message for us. Uh, if Zephaniah were to come and prophesy or give this prophecy, it would be fitting for us because we are in the midst of doom and gloom and uncertainties, but we can look forward to the day when there will be joy. And so how should we respond? You know, just as Zephaniah encouraged the nation to gather together and pray, that's what we should do. And then we should ask ourselves, is the reform that we're making, is it, is it real? Are we genuine? Are we being genuine? Are we, or is this just a show? We have to make sure that our change, our returning to God for restoration is real. We need to gather together and pray and walk humbly before God. We need to do what is right. And we need to hear what's being said here. This is a message of hope regarding what is to come. That is one thing that will take away the fear that, we, that overshadows our lives. Joy in place of fear. All right. I would like to say, you know, as we bring this uh, all to a conclusion, uh, I would like to say that uh, we've got to decide whether we want to be first class or second class Christians, right? Psalm 56 and 3 is a great verse. It says, at what time I am afraid, I will trust in you. At what time I am afraid, I will trust in you. That's a good verse. 
But to me, that's still second class. First class is Isaiah 12 and 2. Isaiah 12 and 2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. So whichever way you got to go, second class, at what time I'm afraid I will trust in thee. That's all right. Psalm 56 and 3. But strive for Isaiah 12 and 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. Come on. What a great word this is and timely and helpful for each and every one of us. And you're going to be blessed as you go through this study. So uh, I want you to hold on if you are a uh, Bible study teacher, because Christina is going to give us a powerful one minute teaching tip. But I just want to remind everybody to get your own copy of the U Bible study. Uh, you can get it at u.lifeway.com. That's y-o-u.lifeway.com. It is our urban cultural forward Bible study. It comes in paper and digital format. So it is a great for these new days that we're in right now. It has a teacher's guide in the back of the book daily devotional pages, keeping us engaged with the Bible every day, and a leader's pack that also comes in paper and digital formats. It's a lot, It aligns with our Bible Studies for Life student and kids curriculum, so there's something for everybody. Christina, come on and give us our teaching tip for today. Okay, Mark, this final tip for this session is define joy. Now, sometimes we get joy and happiness mixed up. So do a little research on what the Bible says about joy and the difference between the two. Biblical joy is not dependent on our circumstances, but it's dependent on who Jesus is. And that joy comes from the Holy Spirit and God's presence abiding within us. Use the scriptures that are, are pride, um, that use the scriptures that are provided in this session, especially on page 47, and they're listed in the livid feature. Meditate on those and let them help you to prepare as you teach. Be prepared to share how you personally experience joy, and how you personally choose joy over fear. That's it. All right. This is so very great. So very great. And we're so excited for you and for this study. Join us again, my friend, for another U Bible study, because you never know where God will take you. 